Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California, now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. There's a strangely unsatisfying story in the news these days. It's this Pentagon UFO story. Maybe you've heard about it. Or maybe not. We've talked about some of these stories not too long ago. Anyway, if you're sitting in the Barca lounger watching Morley Safer and Andy Rooney on 60 Minutes... You might have the idea that the only place UFOs appear in the 21st century is on these little black and white Game Boy screens for the Top Gun fighter pilots always zipping around the aircraft carriers off San Diego before they join Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise at the Disneyland Southern Style Barbecue Dining Experience. So I want to tell you that if you're left cold by all this History Channel stuff about these UFOs that only the Navy sees, don't worry, don't be alarmed. UFOs still occur, flying saucers continue to baffle and bedevil the people of Earth. Regular people, people getting off work at midnight or driving to work at four in the morning. People walking their dogs around the block, picking up a roasted chicken at the supermarket. Smoking a cigarette outside, fishing with a buddy on a Saturday evening. Driving a big rig across the Continental Divide. Making out with a cowgirl behind a near-beer bar in Moab, coming out of a deep sleep with a strange desire to walk out the back door into the backyard and to look up. Where do you even report a UFO today? Nowhere, really, when we had local newspapers everywhere to keep us in the know. Keep us informed about what was happening in our generally sparsely populated desert towns. Well, you could just call up the newspaper. Report an accident. Report a UFO. You'd call the newspaper because there was always somebody there. At least at the dailies. Maybe not at 4 a.m., but people used to call the newspaper like they look stuff up on Wikipedia today. I'd be there on a weekend because reporters who could run the desk were usually brought in for weekend duty every now and then. And it was fine. It was fun. 
Sunday afternoon football time, the calls would begin. Hey, man, they'd say. Like somebody calling into a radio talk show. I'm out here in Vista. We get your paper. Do you know who won the championships before the 77 Super Bowl? Living room trivia betting. And because we had a small reference library in the little room we called the morgue, where you could dig up articles from any day of the year going back to the 1960s, pick up a paperback sports almanac and tell the drunken callers what they needed to know. I had the information. Nobody calls the newspaper now. They might tag KCAL on the social media post, put the video on YouTube or TikTok, then the news editors come to you. You can see their messages in the replies. Like, hi, this is Angela at News 9 at noon. Can we have your permission to use your video of an alligator eating a priest and hold the rights in perpetuity without giving you credit? So what do you do? What do you do when your life gets turned upside down by, say... An enormous rectangle of hazy blue light passing silently overhead at about five miles per hour. Who do you talk to? A couple of years ago, my friend Stephanie and I started a UFO social club here in the high desert. We met at this local bar. And very quickly, there was one subgroup who wanted to very seriously talk about their religious beliefs and the aliens. And one group who had actually seen and experienced UFOs in the wild. And then another group who just wanted to socialize and talk about anything interesting. So it did not work out in the long run. Now I hear some people are trying to turn that old bar, our old UFO bar, into a strip joint in Yucca Valley. Which is run by a evangelical church. So good luck with that, friends. UFO organizations have always had a hard time. Back in the 1940s and 1950s, pilots and scientists enjoyed getting together to talk about all the weird stuff people were seeing in the sky. People like themselves. Pilots had been seeing such oddities since the early days of aviation. Astronomers of the time, such as J. Allen Hynek and Jacques Vallée, became UFO investigators. It made a kind of sense back then. Because we were a young nation, or we acted like one anyway. And in the 20th century, we had the problem of never having any historical or global perspective. 
A test pilot being very interested in the new U.S. space program was not the kind of individual who would think about apparitions of Mother Mary common to rural Europe. The fairy folklore of the Celtic peoples was not on their mind. The frequent supernatural events in Shakespeare's plays or the worldwide craze for spiritualism and seances in the 19th century, this kind of knowledge did not trouble the future-facing young hot rodders in their jet planes and test rockets. They just assumed it must be Martian aliens in their own hot rods of the sky, just like in the comic books that made up the intellectual background of most young men in the military. Not a lot of philosophers up there. and military veterans who made up the bulk of the membership in the UFO study groups that citizens began across the U.S. and even Europe in the middle decades of the last century. The New Age element existed, too, with people like George Van Tassel holding his massive UFO meetups at Giant Rock, But Van Tassel was an aerospace engineer himself. The lines did cross. And if a group of engineers or pilots or bridge club members happened to watch a stereotypical flying saucer spinning like a top over the bingo hall or wherever, you can bet the local news would be all over it. But now what do we do? Some people generally thoughtful and worried about what they've seen submit a report to the National UFO Reporting Center. And every month or three, the New Fork director updates his website that was designed in about 1997, which is fine except for all the painful mentions of video and photographs submitted with the text reports. Sure would be nice to figure out how to look at pictures and video on the Internet, wouldn't it? But those bits of text do allow us to ponder the strange, usually matter-of-fact eyewitness reports that will never deliver a touch of notoriety to the witnesses as their reports are posted anonymously. There is no reason to make it up, not for the civilian anyway. There's the old MUFON, but it's no longer a viable 50-state organization. It sells its database to the basic cable content mill. There was a National Institute of Discovery Sciences decades ago, abandoned after a few years of study that did not satisfy the boss man who was signing the checks. But mostly in our time, without much in the way of local media, local newspapers, local radio, extraordinary experiences are never known beyond the social circle of the close-up witnesses. Never reported in any way that reaches the people of a community. A lot of what happens is stuff that matters to people 
is never known or occurs in the shadows. So before I share some very interesting recent reports from UFO witnesses in the West, I want to remind you that when nobody will take responsibility for something, protecting the landscape, making local culture, running a local newspaper, you can do that yourself. You can do that. You can start a local newspaper. Just call up your local printers and it's really not much money. You can print a local newspaper that reaches thousands of people for the price of the last model of the PlayStation. Go talk to your remaining local businesses. Chances are they'd rather buy a year's worth of advertisements from a local publication that people will really read than pay another hostage ransom to whatever online bully runs the online market at the moment. Go ask your college radio station if you can DJ a couple hours or present some radio theater or a documentary or whatever moves you. Take over the local abandoned multiplex. Get the county to pay for it somehow. Put on community theater and talent shows and video game tournaments and run late night art house movies. Wouldn't it be nice to take a date for dinner and then go see the 10 o'clock showing of the Maltese Falcon or Mulholland Drive or something? If we had dinner restaurants in the high desert? Let's enjoy a couple of these eyewitness statements posted on the New Fork website. May 19th. 2021, 5.25 p.m., Glens Falls, New York. Triangular object over the Hudson River, walking my dog with my wife near the Hudson River. We saw a triangular-shaped gray craft. It appeared to suck water up into it for about five minutes, then sat about 15 to 25 feet above the ground for 15 minutes. It appeared to be about the size of a single-seater plane. My dog was shaking and whining the whole time, and that's what made me believe that perhaps this was something strange. I asked my wife if she had her phone, and she did take pictures. She hasn't sent them to me yet, but when she does, I'm loading them onto my computer and sending them to you. May 19, Clarksburg, Maryland. I was driving home and as I was going up the main highway by my house, I saw a triangle with two lights floating, making no noise. It stayed in place as another group of people had their hazard lights on and were recording ahead of me. It suddenly just disappeared before my eyes, no movement at all. May 16, 2.30 p.m., San Pedro, California. Unbelievable, very large circle shadow drifted across the water in the docks at the Port of Los Angeles, headed northeast. Shadow was about 300 feet across, silently drifting with no noise and nothing in the sky to be seen causing the shadow. Myself and two co-workers witnessed this as well as numerous longshoremen all of whom stopped working to watch this event. 
Has anyone else seen this? We were all stunned and we can't stop talking about it. Absolutely nothing in the sky could be seen or heard while this huge shadow moved across the port. You always find some really strange incidents that appear to be somewhat random witnessed by a couple of longshoremen or a married couple walking their dog along the river. But this stuff really gets good. When you notice a lot of similar stories on the same date in the same region. And then you realize that a UFO flap has occurred. Let's talk a little about the Saturday night of May 15, 2021, when all over the West, especially the Pacific Northwest, clear to Idaho, a lot of people saw something truly baffling and truly big. 11.39 p.m., May 15, Nampa, Idaho. My father and I were coming back from Lake Lowell, and on our way back, we noticed a long, low, glowing bar of light floating along the skyline. As it got closer, we could see the lines around the triangle, but the other sides weren't illuminated. Our best estimate is that it was about three football fields long. It looked like it was half the size of the town, even at skyline level. It was traveling from Caldwell towards Boise at a slow cruising speed. It quickly sped up and vanished shortly after that. I got a video, but it was so dark it's hard to see anything. If a video editor can enhance the image, it will be able to be seen. 10.30 p.m. Star, Idaho. Duration 10 minutes. Seen what appeared to be a long moving white cloud in the night sky. It was moving across the sky slowly, no sound. We grabbed some binoculars. Through the binoculars, you could see that it was a saucer with lights in the middle of the craft. And the entire craft was spinning. It went from northwest and continued to the northeast before I could no longer see it. I tried to get a video, but it did not turn out. There were four of us that seen this. Same night, May 15, Randall, Washington. Two friends and I witnessed several bright balls of light in the sky heading northeast at 10.30 p.m. Then at 10.45, we observed a very large disc-shaped craft on the horizon coming from the west, heading east. I observed the craft with binoculars and it appeared to have windows all in a row along the side. The craft did not appear to be rotating, but it appeared to be vibrating as it moved along. The craft was not making any noise. It was very large and was flying at a slant. We observed it until it disappeared over the horizon to the east. 10.38 p.m., Salem, Oregon. Self-illuminating craft, cylinder shape, mile long, moving at constant speed. No wings or other lighting seen. No sound. Similar to a comet tail, but self-propelled. 
No aircraft seen or heard near or around the object. It moved in a fast, direct line from the southwest to the northeast. It maintained its shape and its flight pattern and its speed until out of our sight. Not knowing an exact distance, it appeared to be at least a mile long. As large as this was, others had to have witnessed it. And must have been able to capture video. 515, same night, Sisters, Oregon. Long and narrow, illuminated craft flying high and somewhat slowly over Oregon. Four witnesses, two dads, 40-plus-year-olds, two sons, 11-year-olds, camping 10 miles south of Sisters, Oregon. Around 10.36 p.m., my son spotted the very long, illuminated craft saying, Um, guys, what is that? In the northern sky, heading west to east. From our location, it was maybe 30 degrees up from the horizon. We left the campfire and quickly got our phones out to record it. The pics are poor quality, unfortunately. It was moving slowly and it wasn't bright. Knowing that it wasn't an airplane, I flashed it a few times with a green laser just in case it might react. It did not. I believe the craft was moving at a very high altitude. I'm very familiar with stargazing, and we had just watched the International Space Station fly by, which had a 4.0 brightness, very bright. And we also watched Starlink satellites fly over as well. Carson, Washington, shape rectangle. At approximately 10.35 p.m., my female companion noticed a bar of light moving across the sky behind the treetops of a nearby mountain. The first words uttered about the object, Is that a train? Moments later, the bar of light moved out of the wooded treetops and into the sky. It had been in the sky all along, but was merely obscured by the trees. It was a horizontal flat line of light punctuated by several brighter circular points along the line. How distant the object was was difficult to discern, but seemed to be flying lower than the planes in the night sky and was five to eight times the size of a plane in our field of view. It moved slowly from west to east across the sky. It wasn't long before it began to go from completely horizontal to being at a 45 to 60 degree angle without changing its trajectory or movement pattern. It was at some point during this transition that I took the photo wherein you can see the object at around 30 degrees from its horizontal position. The camera I used was on a new Samsung phone which has a low light mode that leaves the shutter open for three seconds. The photo appears to show a dark outline, possibly illuminated by similar lights on the other side of the craft. Glasgow, Montana. Rectangle. Three individuals witness a brightly lit but silent very large object for five minutes at 10.30 p.m. on 5-15-2021. West of Glasgow, Montana. Object was rectangular in shape, approximately two city blocks long by two or three stories high, emitting a bright white light from within from one end to the other. I estimate it was a half mile from me at an altitude of approximately 1,500 feet, 
flying a set trajectory from west to east down the middle of Fort Peck Lake at Forshit Bay. Speed approximately 100 to 150 miles an hour. It made no sound on a quiet night. I am in possession of a picture of this object. Ferndale, Washington, 10.30 p.m. Saw a green segmented object slowly traveling through the sky. My daughter and I saw what appeared to be what I can only describe as a sparkler in the sky. The object changed direction and headed east as it came into view. The craft appeared to be three sections that were linked like semi-trailers would be. The sections glowed green. My wife described it as like a glow stick. There's some video from Tacoma. Big bright lights and a triangle over the city, over the water. It was a real busy night from Vancouver down to Corvallis, clear out to Yellowstone. But most of the reports are from Washington State. But you'd never find this in the news of the day because if you saw something like this, and there must be hundreds of witnesses represented by these dozen or so people who took the trouble to file a written report with New Fork. Well, if you type Washington UFO into your web browser or your phone, all you'd get would be a lot of versions of the same Washington, D.C. reporting about some manufactured UFO panic out of the Pentagon. From Amboy to Isaacs and across the great Mojave wilderness, this is Desert Oracle Radio. I'm your host, Ken Lane, Soundscapes by Red, Blue, Black, Silver. The show is supported by listeners like you on patreon.com forward slash Desert Oracle. Thanks to all of you. We'll be back next Friday or whatever night your community station broadcasts our program. Listen up, I have some tentative dates for our summer live shows up here in the high desert. I cannot give details until everything's signed and blood, but I can tell you the weekends of July 10 and 11 and July 17 and 18 are the weekends you might want to be up here. Advanced tickets will be available. Do not fear, I will let you know. Thank you, friends, for listening, for your fellowship, for joining our Congregation of the Night People. Watch the skies. And good night from the voice of the desert. <laughs> <laughs>